G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's a special welcome to the studio, Ken Legg. Great to see you. Thanks, Neil. Good to be here again. Well, you're no stranger to our listeners, Ken. And so when it comes to a new DVD series, and uh, a nine DVD series means it's going to be quite comprehensive. You've spent a lot of time going through the ins and the outs of what all of this means. But let's start with that word, eternity because it's an an interesting word and a powerful word and if we get an understanding of that word it's going to enlarge what we're talking about if we're talking about eternity in our hearts uh, tell us about uh, that word eternity as we get things underway well eternity of course is the realm that we go to after death which is an endless realm a realm that doesn't end it's the realm that god lives in um, you know, there's the saying that there are two things certain in life, and one is taxes and the other is death. Well, some people find a way to avoid taxes, <laughs> but you, can, you cannot avoid death. It has a 100% success rate. And the amazing, the amazing fact is that um, I think it's something like three people every second die. And when you compute that, it actually works out to be a quarter of a million people every day Die. Where do they go? They go into eternity. And, and that's what this series is about. What happens after death? So I imagine that if we're talking eternity in our hearts, uh, we're also talking about the dimensions of a, a human. Uh, we talk about having mm. a spirit. Is, is this connected? Yes, we are spiritual as well as physical, of course. And uh, the the spirit will go on to live forever. The the body will return to the dust, and there is coming a day of resurrection when we'll be raised again from the dead. The body will get a new, uh, it will be a new body, a resurrected body. But the spirit is eternal. We will go to be with in one place or another eternally. Now, there's so many dimensions to this, and listeners might like to contribute with a question or a comment about the sorts of things we're talking about, because as soon as we start to talk about dying, Mm. uh, there are a lot of things that go through people's minds. Uh, Will I be reincarnated? Uh, That's that whole sort of Eastern philosophical concept. And there are some things that cause our Christian idea of what happens when we die to be in such dramatic contrast to some of these other teachings. Mm. How important is it to have a really good grip on this Christian idea, this understanding of coming back to the Bible, knowing what God says about dying? Well, that's a very good question, Neil, because even today, believers, you probably notice that there's been quite a number of books that have been written on near-death experiences. And I'm amazed at the response of the Christian world to those books. For example, one book, which I won't name, it doesn't matter about you know who wrote it or what the, what the title is and so on, but it sold over 10 million copies, and uh, they even made a movie out of it. It's, it's based on basically a three-year-old boy who died for three minutes and uh, his, you know, his experience. Now, my question is, uh, where are we going to go to to get our understanding of life after death? A three-year-old boy who had a you know, who, who, who died temporarily for three minutes, or are we going to go to the one who holds the keys of death and hell? And, uh, 
you know, the Bible tells us everything we need to know about life after death. Uh, a gentleman said to me, oh, I'm so excited. I just read this book and, and heaven is real. You know, I said, well, didn't you know that? <laughs> Haven't you read the Bible? And so if if we have, for example, um, books that are written on the subject based on someone's experience, which incidentally, there's no consensus in these experiences. They they seem to differ. And, and many of them come back with extra biblical or unbiblical information, which is really then even more confusing. But you know, when you consider this, that God has told us everything we need to know in his word about life after death. So we need to really believe the word of God and study the word of God and put our trust in, in the revelation that's given to us in the scriptures. When we talk about just how important it is to base our understanding on the Bible or on the words of Jesus, mm. what we're talking about here, and when you use words like people are confused or there's a whole lot of confusing things that people might say, we really need to be able to identify where authority comes from to talk about what goes on after dying. And this yeah. Uh, this authority is an important element. Yeah, well, of course, this authority is none other than Jesus Christ himself, who who did live on earth, who did die, and who came back from the death. And uh, I think it was in the Gospel of John where it says that no one has ascended into heaven, uh, but he that descended, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is our authority. He's the one that can tell us really what happens after death. He died. He rose again from the dead. Now, what happened to him in that three-day period uh, when when his spirit left his body and then returned to his body? Well, he's the authority of life after death. Now, people who have these near-death experiences, yeah. and, and this, won't, this program won't be all about near-death experiences, but I suspect there'll be some listeners who might like to contribute when it comes to this issue. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a prominent Australian some years ago, and uh, Kerry Packer. <laughs> yeah. Now, no doubt you've probably uh, been familiar with uh, with Kerry Packer, but Kerry Packer uh, had an operation and uh, died on the operating table and was revived. Yeah. And everybody was interested to hear uh, mm. Kerry Packer's impression of what happened while you were in that state of being clinically Absolutely dead body, and yeah. uh, and then uh, and then came back to life and and of course his response was uh, um I've been there and I've done that and there's nothing there yeah, uh, yeah. so and in one sense here uh, you're talking about someone who did in one s- smaller sense uh die and come back to life and said there's nothing there uh, how yeah. do we compare that with uh, what we understand uh, with this authority that Jesus has yeah well, first of all, he didn't die. He had a near-death experience. That, that's the whole thing, is that all these people had a near-death experience. If they had a death experience, they didn't come back. That's it. Um, they, they died. They died. They, uh, clinically, they were dead. For four, Kerry Packer, for four minutes, was, was dead, which means his heart stopped beating, and they were able to revive him after four minutes. Now, that doesn't make him an authority on life after death. He never died. He had a near-death experience. He wasn't biologically dead. So, so that's the thing I would say. I would, I would stick with the scriptures. You know, as I say, uh, then there are others that have had that experience and they've, they've gone through tunnels, they've seen lights, they've seen angels, they've seen this and they've seen that. They have a different version altogether. So this is what I say. There's no consensus on those that say that they have had this experience of leaving the body and going into the eternal realm, encountering God or angels or whatever. There, there seems to be no agreement with uh, many of the books and so on, 
And, and so it, it's a dangerous thing to step aside from the Word of God to go to a, another authority to inform us about what is the reality regarding life after death. A question that would come to the mind of some people sceptical would say mm. that uh, perhaps Jesus' death was only a near-death experience and that he truly didn't die. But we're talking, yeah. we're talking a, a significant difference here because uh, mm. there's, a, there's a pretty dramatic illustration in the death of Jesus because yeah. uh, he suffered so greatly and, mm. and didn't rise until the third day. Yeah, well, the Bible clearly says that he did die and rose again. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he gave his spirit to the Father and he wasn't dead for four minutes. He was dead for three days. So there's a vast difference. You know, Jesus is the only one that has died and come back from the dead, uh, you know, who's died by, by what we would call biological death, having left his body for three days. That's a little bit different to those that, you know, for a couple of minutes or so, um, their heart stops beating and the um, medical services are able to revive their hearts again. Uh, what always impresses me about Jesus uh, that when he did rise on the third day mm. uh, and the things that we are aware of what he said, he didn't change all the stories that he told before. Uh, it no. was all still intact. Yeah. In fact, it was expected that he would rise, although I imagine the doubts in the hearts of the disciples uh, where they didn't expect that he was going to really fulfill that because people just don't rise from the dead. Yeah. But when Jesus does rise, uh, it reinforces what he taught before. didn't change the whole story. It changed the disciples. I mean, it changed them from being cowards that were hidden away in, in a room. Now, Peter had denied the Lord. Uh, but after he'd seen the resurrected Christ, uh, he he had incredible boldness that he was able to look his adversaries in the eyes and say, "You crucified the Son of God," you know. And he was fearless. He didn't he didn't fear death himself because he'd seen the the resurrected Christ, who said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life." Ken, let's talk about some things we can know with this level of authority from the scriptures. Uh, let's talk about what happens to the believer at that point. Of dying, and uh, as you say, there's a difference between a near-death experience and actually dying. Yep. What happens to the believer at death? Where does that spirit go? Well, the Bible says they go to paradise. Now, now, paradise is not the ultimate destination. It's a heavenly place, but it's not heaven. Uh, Jesus said to the dying thief, "This day you will be with me in paradise." Now, that's where Jesus went. And paradise is the place for departed spirits. Now, it's, it's actually a, a Latin word for a king's garden. If you can imagine for a moment um, a Buckingham Palace, okay? Now, the palace is the residence of the king or the queen in, in this case. But, of course, there are times when she, she hosts parties and functions in the garden and many people come and the queen comes out and is with those, those guests. Now, Paul said to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So we will be with Jesus. We will be in this place called paradise. But that is not actually heaven itself. It's a heavenly place, but not heaven, if you if you can understand the differentiation. Heaven is the place that we will go to with our resurrected bodies. A lot of people get very philosophical about these things. And I suspect that that's a, a good and necessary way to approach the way you think through these issues, to be able to think through the alternatives, uh, mm. those things that are apparently uh, confusing, to be able to then settle on 
uh, your understanding of what happens based on uh, the authority of the scriptures uh, mm. and then and then having a, a you know a settledness a peace in your heart about what happens when you die and i suspect that uh, that some of this peace that comes when you do have this settledness is a part of uh, the strength that comes from our hope of the expectation of mm. of being taken care of in that time when we die absolutely there's there's a complete difference between a believer at death and an unbeliever for that very purpose that you mention neil is that we have a hope we have an assurance and we are at peace. Uh, we know where we're going. And we know, as, as uh, Paul said, it's a far better place to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, which is far better than even the best we could have on this earth. So uh, there, there's a tremendous hope and peace in our hearts concerning death. We're not afraid of it. In fact, the Bible uh, usually refers to it as um, as, as being asleep, <laughs> falling asleep. It's not, it doesn't mean unconscious, as some teach. It doesn't mean that. It means that our involvement on this earth is temporarily suspended because we're no longer in our body. We will come back and be involved again in in this earth and the resurrection. So it's like being awakened out of our sleep. But when our spirit leaves our body and goes to be with Christ, it's a far better place. We'll be in a place of consciousness, a place of bliss, a place of delight, and a place that um, we would prefer to be (laughs) even then the place we are now. Although, of course, let me say this, that uh, that's not that we have a death wish. We have a role to play. We have a, a, a purpose in being here. We have a ministry. We have a calling. And uh, our lights are to shine while we're here on this earth. And so we don't wish to uh, leave earth before our time, as it were. But uh, when when that time comes, we're not afraid. We, we've got nothing to fear whatsoever and uh, as D.L. Moody said, when he, when, uh, you know, when he was on his deathbed, he said, uh, this is my coronation day. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to receive that crown of glory that uh, the Bible speaks about. And coming back to that idea of eternity is in our heart, uh, there are some who might be feeling that eternity is just about the future. Mm. Uh, that's just something, you know, I, uh, I received Jesus into my life now. I'm a believer on him. I am a new creation. It's all about the future. It's about what happens when I die. But eternity in my heart today uh, actually affects who I am right now and the decisions and the aspirations that I have because we mm. might get into a discussion about uh, the mission that God has and uh, and the not giving upness, which comes from what you were just talking about. But uh, reflect for us for a moment that eternity in our heart uh, mm. is, is about now and is about what we are pursuing in our lives. Absolutely. It's not just quantity, it's quality. So it's God's life, which we have now. It's begun for us now. Uh, we have it in, in our spirit. We are already perfected or completed in Christ spiritually. You cannot be more righteous than you are now because your spirit is joined to Christ and is one with him. As he is, so are we. It's just our body <laughs> is is not yet renewed. And, and um, uh, that's where we have our challenges on this earth. We have sickness, we have tiredness, we have disease and so on. We have temptation because uh, sin dwells in our members. Uh, and so that's the only part of us that has not yet been redeemed. But we, eternity has already begun as far as the quality of God's life being in us is concerned. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. 
Ken Legg is our guest this hour. We are talking about a new DVD series that Ken has out and it explores Eternity is in Our Heart. You might like to contribute to our conversation today. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. In fact, let's take a call. Jan is in Caraby in Queensland. Hello, Jan. Welcome along. Oh, hi. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for your program. Um, when we hear things like this, uh, this question being raised, um, I think we always need to look at Scripture. And in Hebrews 9, uh, 27, it says, Man is destined to die once and after that to face the judgment. So when you hear people talking about dying and then coming back again, Scripture clearly says that we die only once and then after that to face the judgment. So for me, it's a very, there's a very clear-cut answer there. And, um, yeah, end of story. A good um, point, Jan. Let's get a, a thought from, uh, from Ken Legg. Ken, your thoughts on what Jan's sharing? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, we're here until we die. Uh, you know, we, we have these, as I call them, near-death experiences. We've got to remember that that's what we're calling them, near-death experiences, where the heart may have stopped but is revived again, and uh, the person functions normally just as they did before. But they didn't die biologically, as uh, Janice said. It's appointed under man once mm. to die. Mm. And then after and the Scripture judgment. substantiates that very clearly in Hebrews 9, 27. And, um, yeah, I'm just grateful that, um, you know, the, the, the Word provides the answer. Because this is a... You, you hear these sorts of discussions going on um, and people not knowing what to believe and, and what not to believe. And I'm just grateful that it's there in the Word. You know, it's appointed to man to die but once. I think once. another wonderful point there, Jan, from the Word of God is, um, you know, the, the parable that Jesus told of the rich man and Lazarus. And, uh, you know, um, uh, the rich man was crying out to, to Abraham to send Lazarus back to earth to, to warn people of what was there. And... Uh, we read there that, um, you know, Abraham said, no, they have Moses and the prophets. Now, Moses and the prophets was um, basically the the Jewish term for the scriptures. So he, he was saying they have the scriptures. If they do not believe these, then they would not even believe, even if one came back from the dead and told them. So these near-death experiences actually do not convince people uh, concerning what is true and what is not. We have the word of God. God has given us his word, and, and that's the basis upon which to believe. Jan from Caribbean, thank you so much for your great insight today here on 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Lots of calls coming through. Let's hear from Barbara in Rockhampton. Hello, Barbara. Welcome along. Oh, hi. Barbara, what are your thoughts? Okay, I was just in my car and heard some of the conversation. I'm now at home. And I thought, yes, okay, I'll give you a call. Now, I'm 87 years of age, and it's the best time of my life. Right. It's an exciting time because Mm. I know the truth, and that's what I'm looking for, looking forward to, you know, because I I believe what the Word, Word of God says. I know it's truth. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Barbara, do you have friends who don't have an appreciation of truth in the way that you do, who are in their latter years, and you're 87 years of age, yes. they're also in their latter years, but they're approaching dying in a somewhat different way? Yes, I guess I do. I just can't 
pinpoint anybody at the moment. Uh, I've got, you know, older friends who are like me, like-minded to what I am, but just can't think of... But, you know, people... I know people that are younger people and uh, they've just got no no hope of anything, really. Uh, that's right. the world that we're living in, they're just saying, oh, well, you know, we live in this kind of world and so, so, blah, blah, blah. And it's very hard to to uh, convince them or, you know, get through to them. But I've got great-grandchildren, little babies, little ones who didn't come to birth, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to meeting them. I've got a sister who lived six weeks, and uh, she would have been my oldest sister. She would have been well past 100 <laughs> if wow. she was alive today. And I'm looking forward to seeing her. And, uh, you know, I've never met these these little ones, I'll call them little ones, now, up till now, and I know I'm going to, and, oh, I'm just excited about Barbara, that. Barbara, I can hear you are filled oh, yeah. with hope, and uh, this is, uh, I guess, eternity in your heart that it gives is. you that level of hope and, and oh, peace. Uh, let me ask a response from Ken. Yeah, well, I think that's one, one of the wonderful things about heaven is this incredible reunion with people that we have loved and known, while on earth, uh, some, as Barbara said, that we haven't actually known, you know, those that died prematurely or whatever. And, uh, and of course, not only reunion with them, but with folk that we've never known before, all the saints of God, all the Bible characters. And uh, eternity is going to be wonderful being in the presence of all those that know and love and worship God with all their hearts. Barbara from Rockhampton, wonderful insight. Thank you so much. And you are a walking testimony of what it is to have eternity in your heart. Thank you so much for your call. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Penny is in Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Hello, how are you? Very well, Penny. <laughs> what are your thoughts? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Penny. Good to hear from you from Tasmania. Oh, you do remember me. Yes, I'm so much better than last time I spoke with you. Ah, oh, fantastic. And like Barbara, I, I'm just so looking forward to going home and seeing my mum again and, and hopefully my dad is there. And, um, and I've got a wonderful sister who's, who's a, a fantastic Christian too. And she understands these things as well. But I'm wondering if you could tell me how long will your DVD set be available and how much is it? Um, Sorry to ask that. All right. Well, uh, I think you'll need to check with the Vision Store, and I don't have the details of the price there. But if you go to uh, Vision Store, if you go to vision.org.au, there'll be a link there you can click on to go to the store. Uh, it's a nine DVD set. Uh, check on the online store to find out uh, just how much that will be costing. And I'm, I I'm not sure you would even know, Ken. I think uh, it's uh, forty nine dollars. I think I saw. Okay. Well, well, Penny, thank you so much for your uh, insight today too. And just to pick up on something uh, that Penny mentioned, uh, she said, I hope I see my dad there. Uh, This is an interesting one to get into and for some people quite sensitive because uh, we have loved ones who have died before us. And uh, we know that when we have this faith in Christ, uh, the presence of God lives within us this eternity in our hearts, uh, but sometimes we're not confident that those that we have loved or who've gone before us might actually have that same eternity in their hearts and what will happen with them. Well, I think there's two things we need to say here. One one is this, that we, we know that whoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ 
will be saved. So that's a that's a definite. That's the message of salvation that runs all the way through the scriptures. That's what we put our hope in. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The second thing is I don't think it's for us to say who has and who hasn't. We don't know what has happened in a person's heart, and especially as they reach the end of their life. You know, seeds have been sown into their hearts and lives, and, and maybe in those fleeting moments they have called upon the name of the Lord. I heard a story just uh, recently of a gentleman that was in his 90s who was sitting in his porchway reflecting on his life. And he remembers, he remembered uh, when he was 18 years of age, somebody preached the gospel to him. And at that point, at, at 90 years of age, sitting in his porch, reflecting, going back over his life, he received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Now, I would pr- say that probably the person who shared the gospel with him never got to know about that point of decision. So it's not for us to say who has and who hasn't. That is between them and the Lord. Coming up to news, I know that you will have had these sorts of conversations too, Ken, where uh, people are inquiring of you as to their loved one who doesn't appear to have uh, faith in Christ when they've died. And uh, oftentimes the encouragement that when someone does die, as you say, uh, they are actually going into the hands of a merciful, loving and just God. And while we might not know what's happening uh, in their lives and with their relationship with God, we do know that uh, in the authority from the scriptures that God, that when he does receive that person uh, into his presence, he is just, that he is merciful, and that he is loving. We are going to continue our conversation after Vision National News. Uh, there's lots of people calling through, but uh, our talkback line will remain open on 1-800-316-316. Ken Legs, our guest, his new DVD series is called Eternity is in Our Heart. Rianne, Rianne is in Geraldton in WA. Hello, Rianne. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Yes, my question was actually a statement of personal opinion that, you know, um, a lot of people say, when it's your time, it's your time. You know, God has it in in hand that when it's your time, it's your time. I lost a brother at the age of 30 in a car accident where he was the driver, but he's also, he was under the influence, so he died at a very young age. And the Bible says that you can be taken away before your time. So my opinion about that is that life and death is a lot of that. It's done, uh, it's in your own hands because you can cause yourself to die before your time. Because God says his will is for us to have a long and prosperous life. And he makes... uh, Rian, let's get a few thoughts from Ken. Uh, Can you be taken before your time? I imagine this comes to how you think about things theologically, but uh, your response to Rian from Geraldton. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, My my personal view is that uh, our times are in God's hands. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that he holds the keys of death and hell. So he's sovereign over that realm. And, and, and I, I believe that that, for me, takes all the fear away that something could happen to me, that somehow the devil could take my life before uh, my time is up. I don't, I don't personally believe that. I believe that, um, um, you know, the Bible says that we will run our race and, and finish our race and uh, that that is in God's hands. And so that's my personal view, not not a sort of um, point that I would debate or, or, or argue about, but that's my personal conviction in that subject. Uh, Rianne from Geraldton, thanks so much for your input today. Lots of calls to get through. Let's hear from Russell in Slacks Creek in Queensland. Hello, Russell. Welcome along. 
Hello, how are you? Bless Very you. well. In Psalm 24, verse 4 and 5, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, or who can stand in his holy presence? Only those with a clean hand and a pure heart. And I was in Melbourne at this time about 40 years ago. It was freezing cold. I'd come out of my body, and it was freezing. I wanted to go back in the bed, but there was a hole in the roof. And I wanted to know what was in the hole. The next thing, I went up through the hole, and I'm standing before Jesus. And the temperature was perfect. But while I was up there, I kept on seeing a boy 10-year-old. And I kept on asking Jesus, who's this boy? Why are you showing me this boy? He said to me a couple of months ago, it's your brother. And I realized straight away my mum had a couple of miscarriages. I'm in a church at Caribbean a couple of months ago, about 12 months ago, and a person sitting there talking about seeing a friend in the kingdom of heaven. The next thing I'd see my brother, my mother, and a sister, 12-year-old. I thought, I've even got a sister up there, 12-year-old. But what I marvel at, um, my mum was old and frail when she died. She looked about 33 years of age, really young and well. But where I praise God and thank God, my mum and dad made a decision, but they never followed through on it. But they're in the kingdom through that decision. And I thank God they're there. Russell, some really important points you're bringing out. Uh, out Out-of-body experiences, uh, visions of heaven. uh, These sorts of uh, topics, no doubt, will take uh, big, long answers. But uh, your response, Ken, for what Russell is sharing from his heart. Well, one of the points that he did mention is that um, his mother, who died at an elderly age, I understand, uh, appeared to be like 33. And that's the one one of the wonders of... uh, Heaven, there's going to be no age, no sickness, no disease. All those things that make life unpleasant will not be there in that eternal realm. And and so I think Russell's brought out a very good point there, and that is that um, you know one of the, people say you know what is the joy of heaven? Part of the joy is an absence of those things that make life unpleasant here and now, like aging and like death and sickness and all those things. You know, so thank God that when we get to that re- realm. All those things will be absent. There'll be, of course, there'll be no sin. There'll be no Satan, the source of these things, and so we'll be in this this realm that is is almost hard, you know difficult to really comprehend in its fullness. The, what what is it like to to be in a place where there's no more pain or suffering or sickness or disease or trouble of any kind whatsoever? Thank you so much to Russell from Slacks Creek in Queensland. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316 from Lines Open. If you'd like to join our conversation, we are talking about some big questions and revolving around a new DVD series that Ken Legg has just re- released. It's a, a nine DVD set It's called Eternity is in Our Heart. Let's hear from Val in Mackay. Hello, Val. Welcome along. Hello. Val, what are your thoughts on our conversation well, today? Well, I don't have any problem with all the books out about people who have had um, after-death experiences. Um, I think they're genuine experiences. And the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And some of these people have been told, uh, it's not your time yet, you have to go back. And like... When we say uh, you can only die once, 
uh, we can't be dogmatic about that. Generally speaking, that is the rule. But Lazarus died twice. Uh, the son of the widow of Nain died twice. Jairus' daughter died twice. So obviously there are people who have died more than once. And um, I think uh, these books that come out and tell about heaven and being with Jesus, um, to me, they they gel. And I don't have any problem with them at all, and I think they've helped a lot of people. Val, some good thoughts in there. Your response, Ken? Uh, a couple of points, of course. One is that um, one or two of those books have been proven to be deceptive. Uh, so just, I think it's, a, it's a, an overgeneralization to say that we can trust all these books. I mean, they've been, they've been actually proven to be uh, a fraud. The other thing is um, I would ask what what extra things do we learn from these books? Now, if, if, if they teach us things that are not in the Bible, then that's what we call extra biblical revelation. In other words, it's adding to the Word of God. And, and the Bible says that, we mustn't add to the Word of God, add to the revelation. So God's Word is sufficient. The second thing is, of course, um, if they do not add to what we have in the Bible, then why do we need them? Uh, they're telling us what we already know. So to me, it's like, um, uh, here's another example. Someone said to me once, are you going to go to this um, uh, healing crusade? Um, you know, this, this is evangelistic crusade. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not going. I'm already saved. <laughs> uh, he's preaching the gospel. I'm already saved. And then they said, yes, but he, he also heals the sick. I said, well, I'm not sick. <laughs> and then the next point, which gets to, to the real issue, where, which I think we're touching upon here, is, but you'll see some miracles. You see, I, I said, well, I don't need to see miracles. I, I, I trust the word of God. I believe the word of God. Jesus is enough for me. I don't need extra experiences in order to boost my faith, to build my faith, the Word of God is where we take our nourishment and where we put our trust. Once we start moving away from that and looking to this testimony and that testimony as a proof of God or the reality of heaven or whatever, then it becomes a little bit of, you know, sort of um, um, unpredictable territory. And, And we need to ask ourselves, why do we need these extra experiences? Why do we need to read this book to boost our faith about heaven when the Bible has got so much revelation? I mean, this series that I did, nine DVDs, they, they run for about 45 minutes each, and there's so much more. I'm just touching upon the surface of what the Word of God teaches us about you know, life after death and, and heaven and hell and those things. And so personally, from my own personal testimony, I don't need those books, and uh, they don't add anything to my faith. That's all I would say uh, concerning that. Uh, Val from Mackay, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Uh, just to pick up on one thing before we take another call, uh, because when people are writing books uh, or talking about miracles, uh, even uh, people being raised from the dead, uh, some of those things well, might not be actually uh, introducing a new authority, but might be... Uh, in what we might oftentimes understand when we hear testimonies, yeah. amazing testimonies, sure. as affirming the biblical truth, because yeah. just as those things happened in the miracle, in the miracles that Jesus performed, and as we see into the Book of Acts and the early church, 
those things that we see miraculously happening actually affirm because it mm. shows us that those things are authoritative and that's where we get the authority from. I agree with that, Neil, and I think you'll find that in the book of Acts that um, most of these are miracles, miracles accompanied the preaching of the gospel. So they weren't for the believer, they were for the unbeliever. And, and for, for the, us who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, as we've just said, our faith is solid, it's settled, uh, it cannot be shaken, so it does not need an additive. <laughs> That's, That's right. my point. Uh, let's take some more calls. Caroline is in New South Wales. Hello, Caroline. Welcome along. Hi. Hi there. What are your thoughts? Well, since I've become a Christian about three years ago, I often thought about heaven and who am I going to meet up with. And listening to you talk this morning, and a lady brought something up about being excited to see her dead sister there and her mother. And and lately I've been thinking, I've got no one there, no one I'm excited to go and see again. Mum and Dad, okay, yeah, but there's no one. So the only good thing for me will be that I all get to party with Christians. I love hanging around Christians. They're the most beautiful and amazing, fun-loving people, like the people from my church. And I think that's the only thing that I'm looking forward to. Okay. Ken? Well, that's good because the place will be full of Christians. But I would say this, you know, getting back to these books, and and it seems to be that we've talked a lot about these books of um, near-death experiences, Um, one of the things, again, that really is lacking in much of this testimony is it seems that they missed the main event. Now, you look, I think I'm I'm correct in saying that only four people from the Bible ever went to heaven, um, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and they, they, when they came back, they were full of the wonder of being in the presence of God, the glory of God. Uh, Ezekiel, John, Isaiah, you, you read what they say, and it's just this incredible vision they saw of God and how they were just so uh, in awe of God. And, and, and somehow these books seem to miss the main event. They, they talk about the mundane, not the majestic. And uh, so... Yes, there'll be a lot of Christians and uh, there'll be a lot of Bible characters and, and there'll be endless times of fellowship. Uh, but the main event is we will be in the presence of Almighty God. Uh, Carolyn from New South Wales, uh, the first person you're going to see there is the most exciting one to meet, and that is Jesus. I'm often inspired when uh, you talk to someone who is sight impaired or blind. And uh, I heard someone who was blind uh, say once uh, they're excited about going to heaven because the first person they're ever going to see is Jesus. Well, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We are taking calls. Let's see if we can take uh, another one. Graham is in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Uh, you know the Bible tells you plainly in, uh, that uh, we're dead until that trumpet sounds, that seventh trumpet sounds, and then we go into Revelations where it tells you that uh, those who were raised up at that time with Christ in the first resurrection and the second death has no power over them. We go in then further to the coming of God, the Father, the new heavens and the new earth, and tells you that God himself will be on earth with men, and he'll be their God, and they shall be his people. Uh, Graham, let's get a thought from, uh, from Ken. 
Well, that's a good panorama there, Graham. In fact, uh, you've touched upon a lot of topics there, which which I do cover in that series. And, uh, you know, from the time when the believer uh, dies until the time of the rapture, or the, the, the you know, when we're taken to be with Jesus, the judgments, the millennial reign of Christ, when this earth will be filled with the glory of God, and then the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. These are themes that are developed in that series. So, You've touched upon several of those in in your comments. Thank you for that. Thank you to Graham. And we'll take one more call in just a moment, but just to get a little philosophical here for a moment, Ken, because sometimes when we think of eternity, we're thinking of timelines. We're thinking Mm. of time in the way that we think uh, as humans because we have this time that God has given to us. If we're thinking eternity, we're thinking of being even outside of time constraints. And philosophically speaking, a lot of these things, when we try to put a timeline uh, and we use the scriptures as our authority, uh, could, could we understand the eternity of God uh, in so far as, and let me just be right out on a limb here, uh, that all of these things in the future have already taken place in the heart of God. And therefore, when we have timelines, uh, when we think of being absent from the body to be present with the Lord, that Mm. some of these processes that we read about, that we glean from the scriptures, uh, may actually be uh, all of a sudden there, happening, and already have happened when we actually stand before God. Yeah, it's hard for us to comprehend all that, but we do live in this capsule of time and uh, time and space. And, and so those things relate to us on that basis, and that's how we interpret our world. But we need to understand this dimension beyond time and space, which is heaven and eternity. And uh, the Bible gives us a lot of information about that. Uh, let's take a call. Chris is in Victoria. Hello, Chris. Uh, yes, Neil. Uh, yeah, I think he, w- he touched upon it while I was on, on the line waiting. Is That's right. The main event of heaven is God. I mean... We've got to be in the presence of God. That's why when the lady was talking about whether her father might be there, you only have those feelings on earth that someone might have missed out. But when you get to heaven, you can't feel anything like that because God has you know, said you, there'll be no tears, there'll be nothing. So you're not going to miss out on people that are not there. Uh, and again, like we also think of relationships here like father, son, daughter, mother. They may not be that same relationship in heaven. We're just children of God, the bride of Christ. And, you know, you may not have that same dynamic. I don't think that, you know, you're just there in the presence of God. And, like, there was a guy who died once, and he said he stood in the presence of Jesus, and it was just like wave after wave of love. So you you don't have the time to think of anything negative or hurt or anything like that, you know? Yep. Fabulous thought. Uh, your your response, Ken? Oh, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> I, I think we need to reflect more on the fact that we're going to be with Jesus, we're going to be with God, and we're going to stand in his presence. And we'll have a resurrected body that can actually contain the glory of God. I mean, if we if we were in the presence of God now, immediate presence of God, we'd be consumed because we live in this mortal body. But we'll have a resurrected body, a body that will be immortal without corruption, and that will be able to handle, if I can put it that way, the awesomeness of God's presence. And uh, as you say, wave after wave of his incredible love. And uh, uh, just that's what heaven is. It's about being in his presence. Thank you to Chris from Victoria. Look, let's, I don't want anyone to miss out. Let's take another call. Let's hear from Crystal in Queensland. Hello, Crystal. Need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Um, look, I've just been listening. I'm a very young Christian, um, just over a year now. Um, and... 
when a lady was saying about being excited to see people, for me, it's seeing my babies that I have lost. Um, so I've had a stillborn and two miscarriages. So for me, um, being reunited with them in heaven and seeing Jesus is just something that keeps my heart alive um, for Jesus and for God. So it's, for me, that's what I, I'm holding on to myself. And you know what, Chris, Crystal, that, that's the only way that I know how to explain, or at least the main way that I know how to explain uh, how we handle suffering in this world. You know, Paul said, I reckon, and that's a mathematical term. It means when you weigh it up, I reckon the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared even with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There's no comparison whatsoever. And uh, talk about overcompensation. I don't think that's even an adequate word. When we, we get to heaven and we are in his presence, um, you know, what we've gone through now, and I'm not trivializing suffering in any way, but what we're going through in this life will pale into insignificance when we stand in his eternal presence. Crystal from Queensland, thank you so much for your insight today here on 2020 and for everyone who called through. I hope you had an adequate answer and oftentimes not uh, the amount of uh, available space to be able to give full answers to these things. Uh, But I guess that's why you can look for further resources to understand when you have these sorts of questions and and uh, and thoughts about what might be coming for the future. And so, Ken, let me just ask you in these final a couple of minutes, uh, Eternity is in Our Heart. It's a DVD series. There's nine DVDs in the set. Not everybody reads books. Lots of people love to look at DVDs. You yeah. unpack a lot of these sorts of things that we've been talking about today. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of good feedback uh, when I did this series at our local church on the Gold Coast. A lot of people commented. They said they found it helpful and had learned so much. And uh, so I thought, you know, we'll bring it out through Vision, and who kindly have uh, partnered with, with us in this. And um, there's a lot of information from the Word of God, and I'm sure that people will be greatly blessed by this series. Uh, there's uh, a lot of different uh, topic titles. Uh, I don't know whether you can remember them off by heart, off by heart there, whether you've got them in front of you. I, I did have some notes myself here. Doorway to Heaven, a much better place. Resurrection and the glory of God. The Lord is coming and his reward is with him. I mean, there's just so much that we haven't been able to touch on uh, in our conversation today. And I'll need to point people to get a hold of the DVD series uh, if you want to really explore that with some level of depth. Well, Ken, it's just been wonderful getting your insights today. And we ought to set a time sometime in the near future to get you back because we didn't really even get on to what is heaven going to be like. Because, uh, you know, we talk about eternity in our hearts what happens when we die, uh, and I know you like to explore uh, those concepts of what heaven is like. So perhaps there might be another time in the near future. We might get you back and we'll uh, open the talkback lines again and talk through that uh, important issue. Uh, Let me just say the DVD set is available in the Vision store. If you're wondering how to get a hold of it, vision.org.au. There'll be a link there to the store or store.vision.org.au. Uh, to follow along what Ken's up to, he's also got a website, Ken Leg. that's with a double G, kenleg.com.au. Of course, Ken and Marianne Legg are on the leadership team of the New Beginnings Church on the Gold Coast, and Ken is also the founder-director of Set Free Ministries. Ken, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. 
Thanks, Neil. I've enjoyed it and enjoyed chatting with the people as well. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.